Hello and welcome to another episode of the Backcheck, the Hockey History Podcast, where we revisit hockey players' cases for the Hall of Fame. My name is Riley and I'm with Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing I'm just getting comfortable here. <laughs> uh, don't expect it to be that long of a one, but I would like to be comfortable. <laughs> and uh, today we have uh, a episode where we are talking about three old timers being inducted in I I believe 1967 but I actually I need to double check that because I forgot to look before we started um 1967 I look at me um so weirdly we last episode we talked about uh Bill Cowley who was the only player inducted in 1968 and it does seem like they were like doing this weird like going back and trying to figure out like who did they miss because the prior year to Bill Kelly being inducted by himself, a player who played in the 40s, they inducted guys from the 20s and 30s. So uh, it's interesting. Uh, maybe there were also contemporaries, not enough like stars retiring at the time. Anyway, who knows? So we're talking about Harry Oliver, Neil Colville, and Turk Broda. And first off, we have Harry Oliver, who was a right wing, who played in the NHL from 1926 to 1937 for 11 seasons. And before that, he played in the WCHL. Uh, for four seasons. Um, so he had a quite a long career for a player of his age, um, or his era, rather. Uh, but because, of course, the NHL didn't play very, lo- uh, very long seasons when he first started, uh, he only played 465 games despite playing 11 seasons. Um, and uh, he was 22nd all-time in offensive point shares at his retirement and 25th all-time among forwards in defensive point shares, but otherwise he wasn't on the leaderboards. Um, and he doesn't qualify for any per game leaderboards either. Even if we lower uh, the qualifier so that he does qualify, he wouldn't be in the top 25. So this is not, at least in the NHL, not an obvious uh, star. Um, of the 30 skaters to play in at least 410 games or five modern seasons between 26 and 37, he's 15th in goals, 15th in goals per game, 22nd in assists, 22nd in assists per game, 17th in points, 18th in points per game, 14th in offensive point shares. 15th in games played. So, like, roughly on, like, you know, same number of games played as goal or total, you know, position, rather, uh, of games played in goal. So, like, what you might expect, but also not standing out. Um, his 82-game average is a very paltry 38 points, which seems impossibly low, but 22 goals because they didn't really count assists. You know, they didn't count the second assist until 30 or 29 um, and even then, I, I think it was like not consistent for a little bit. Uh, his three-game peak, his three-year peak rather, is a 44-game average of only 25 points. Again, not very impressive. The one thing we want to keep in mind is that uh, his three best seasons are far apart, 10 years apart, in fact. So when we do the three-year peak, we have to pick a you know three-year period, and it doesn't it doesn't make him look good. Um, Playoffs-wise, he looks a little bit better. He was 15th all-time in goals when he retired, 30th all-time in assists, and 20th all-time in points. So he's at least he's on some leaderboards. Uh, he, he'd played only 36 playoff games, but uh, we need to remember that... Oh, no, wait, he came in right when uh, Stanley Cup playoffs became part of the NHL playoffs. Never mind. Um, he doesn't qualify for any per-game leaderboards, but if we lower the qualifier so that he could, he's... He was 14th all-time in goals per game at his retirement, 16th all-time assists per game, and 20th all-time in play in points per game. So noticeably, again, better, notably better um, in the playoffs in terms of all-time rankings than in the regular season. 
Of the 77 skaters playing at least 20 playoff games between 26 and 37, he's 12th in playoff goals, 14th in goals per game, 28th in assists, so not great, 32nd in assists per game, not great, but 17th in points and 19th in points per game and 24th in playoff games. So, again, a little bit better than the regular season. Um, he was traded twice. First, he was traded into the NHL from the WCHL, uh, which is like, I don't know if the league had folded yet. Um, I don't know if that was like just part of getting rid of their players or whether that was before the league folded. I think it was before the league folded. And then uh, later on, eight years later, he was traded by the Bruins to the Americans for cash. So no players were involved in either transaction. So they're not super interesting trades. Um, the hockey uh, reference adjustment for era, of course, just absolutely loves him regardless of the fact that he really didn't score. So it, it gives him an, uh, a 94.82 game average, which is 56 points higher per 82 games. It's absurd. If it's, he would have been scoring 40 goals a season. It makes no sense. He doesn't qualify for the versus X adjustment because he didn't score enough. So you might be wondering, why the hell are we talking about this guy? Why is he in the Hall of Fame? Well, he was one of the best players in WCHL history. And you could say, well, he only played four seasons. How does that make sense? Well, the WCHL didn't last very long. It was like six seasons or five seasons long. So, uh, um, you know, that's why. So he's third all-time in goals behind only Duke Keats and uh, Bill Hay. Uh, he's fourth all-time assist behind only Duke Keats, Bill Cook, and Art Gagne. And he's fifth all-time in points behind Keats, Hay, Cook, and Gagne. He's also fourth all-time in games played behind uh, Ty Arbor, Keats, and some guy whose last name is Stanley, whose first name I didn't write down. And I don't know the player's name. Per game-wise, he's fifth all-time in goals per game behind Keats, Hay, Cook, and Mickey McKay. Uh, fourth all-time assists per game by Keats, uh, behind Keats, Cook, and Gagne, and fifth all-time points per game by Keats, Cook, Hay, and Gagne. So the same people there on all the boards except for McKay and Stanley. Um, he had a 30-game uh, average of 32 points and 21 goals, uh, so scored a lot um, for that league. His playoff numbers are paltry, but that's true of every, every one of these leagues in the 20s. Uh, five points in 11 games, but it's very common also. As I've said many times about the 20s, back then, the league playoffs and the Santa Cup playoffs were separate. So that's only for the WCHL playoffs, not the Santa Cup playoffs. And those numbers are kind of hard to find because usually the, the way the stats are presented online is like individual game logs. So you would have to go through every single game and record all the points and then tally them up. And I just frankly, as you say, Bill, we have day jobs. Yep. <laughs> um, so. His accomplishments. Uh, he was a top 10 player by point shares once in uh, the NHL, and that was in 1929. Uh, he, he was a top five offensive player as well that year, and then he was top 10 uh, offensive player twice, the only other time being his first season in the league in 27. He was top five in goals twice both those years. He was top five in goals per game once, top 10 twice, top 10 points twice. So nothing particularly, you know, not a star. But, of course, in the WCHL, he was a star. He was top five in goals three out of uh, his, oh, sorry, it was five seasons, not, why did I say four seasons? He played five seasons. I don't know why I said four. Um, that makes sense why he's on the actual leaderboards, because four is not quite enough. Um, so he was, uh, where are we, uh, WCHL? He was top five in goals three of his five seasons. He was top ten probably every season. He's top five in goals per game three times. He was top ten probably all five seasons. He scored 25 goals once and 20 goals three times, and that may not seem like a lot, but these seasons started out as like 22 games and finished as 30. 
So scoring 25 goals in a 22 or 30 game season is a lot. <laughs> um, he led the league in assists once. He was probably top five three times and top 10 every season he was in the league. He led the league in assists per game once, top five three times and top 10 uh, probably every season he was in the league. I say probably because the assist numbers, the way the leaderboards are done online, it's by points and goals. And so you don't, you see their assist numbers, but you don't actually know what the assist leaderboard is because they didn't do that. So, but he, like, if you look at the top 10 scores, he was the best, you know, in assists and assists per game once in those groups. He was top five in points three times, top 10 every season he was in the league, and he led the league in points per game once and top 10 every season he was in the league. So he was, like we see, one of the best players in WCHL history. Um, he led the, somehow led the playoffs in points in, in, 1927 um when the bruins finished runner up but runner up to what because i guess oh that was the first year the the nhl owned the stanley cup yeah okay and then he was a top three or top six forward it was hard to tell by points on the bruins in 29 when they won um and then he was also a top six forward by points in 30 when they came back but he was i think he was getting a little bit older how old was he in 30 yeah he was 31 um so I don't really know his role when he won his uh when he won the WCHL championship and 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 was a runner up in the Stanley Cup because so he was on the Tigers and uh the Regina Tigers who were they I feel like they were the Regina Tigers for some reason Calgary Tigers oops sorry um but basically he was he was a point per game scorer in the WCHL playoffs but then he didn't score in the Stanley Cup final <laughs> so who the hell knows and his team lost. Um, and it was goal differential back then. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, that's that's Harry Oliver. Um, I mean, I, we've we've talked about this a lot. I think you know you're one of the best players in a in an early league history. I think you kind of have to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, and the fact is, he did lead the Bruins and the playoffs in scoring one year in the NHL, which you know some of these guys can't say. Now he didn't. He didn't have any great regular seasons, but he did lead the playoffs in scoring. So I, I feel like he has to be in. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think probably even though he's he's top five, he's not like he was first, you know? Yeah, that's the thing, right? I keep hearing top five and top ten, but not, not every year. Yeah. Right? So, and like, then... he was... Third, I think he's he's third all time in goals in WCHL history, so he's better than top five for that, and fourth in assists and fifth in points. But still, I don't know. Um, the fact that he led the playoffs, NHL playoffs, in scoring one year does help. Yeah, I kind of feel like he should be in, but like, not it's it, not a it's not a slam dunk case. For sure. Yeah, and his NHL numbers, his regular season NHL numbers are like not amazing at all. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and he only won one Stanley Cup as well at a time when, you know, there weren't that he many. He should have won more, right? So. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that, like, he was on, like, the best team in the WCHL, and then they went, and, you know, in, in 24, they, I, I mean, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know. I can look it up, but, like, um, like I don't know. Like, did his, did, maybe his team didn't score, because that happens sometimes. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. But, like. 
Uh, like the, the scoring in the playoffs was so much less. It's funny because you'd have these like seasons where guys are scoring more than a goal a game in the regular season, and then nobody scores in the playoffs. And it's like, what happened in the playoffs? You know, I, I legitimately don't know. Um, so the Tigers lost to the Canadians in 24. Um, it was best of three. The Tigers appear to have scored one goal total. And the Habs scored nine. So, uh, yeah, no wonder he didn't score because there was literally one goal. Um, Herb Gardner, who we've talked about, scored the one goal and there were no assists. So <laughs> who was the goalie? Oh, it was George Vesna. That was so Vesna shut out the Tigers. So who knows if that's Harry Oliver's fault or not? Maybe George Vesna was just that good. You know, anyway. Um, all right. So up next, we have another confusing guy. Uh, it's He's a reverse Red Kelly, or maybe Red Kelly's a reverse Neil Colville. This is Neil Colville. He played in the NHL uh, from 1935 to 1942 as a center, and then from 1944 to 1949 when he came back from the war as a defenseman. Um, when he retired, he had a hun- exactly 100 goals and 266 points. And he only played 465 games, which, if I'm not mistaken, appears to be the exact same number of Harry that Harry Oliver played, which is a really weird coincidence. And so now I feel like I need to look this up and make sure that number is correct. Yep. They played the exact same number of games, only over a different period of time. That's super weird that they were inducted the same year. Um, so obviously he doesn't qualify for any leaderboards. He didn't score enough. But if qualifiers are lowered uh, at his retirement, um, he was not on any leaderboards, but however, when he left for World War II, he was. He was seventh all-time in assists per game and 13th all-time points per game, provided we lower the requirements. So that, so that's significantly better than Harry Oliver. Um, but then, of course, coming back as a defenseman really, really like lowered his uh, his totals, right? Like he basically he was like a normal like he scored as a forward, and then when he came back as a defenseman, he barely scored, uh, which makes sense given the era. So of the 38 skaters to play in at least 246 games or three modern seasons between 35 and 42, he's 10th in goals, 7th in goals per game, 7th in assists, 3rd in assists per game, so quite high up there, 10th in points, 4th in points per game, 8th in point shares, uh, the 6th forward or ninth, depending on how you define this in defensive point shares, and 13th in point shares, 29th in games. So, you know, one of the top 10 um, offensive players in the league in the late 30s. However, things look a lot worse when it comes back as a defenseman. Of the 16 defensemen to play in at least two modern seasons between 44 and 49, he's 11th in goals, 10th in goals per game, 13th in assists, 8th in assists per game. A lot worse was exaggerating. 13th in points, but that's third last. 10th in points per game, 12th in offensive point shares, third last in defensive point shares, which is weird, and third last in point shares. Um... Yeah, uh, he scored less. His 82-game average is 47 points, which really doesn't sound good, but keep in mind he played five seasons or four seasons as a defenseman, and he didn't score. His three-year peak as a forward is 38-41, a 48-game average of 39 points, so close-ish to a point per game. And as a defenseman from 45 to 48, it's a 60-game average of 16 points. So that is a massive Massive drop in points per game, which makes sense given what he was doing. Uh, 
playoffs. Uh, he was tied 13th all time at his retirement in assists. Uh, and he was fourth all time, fourth behind only uh, Silap, Sidhow, and Frank Boucher in playoff assists when he left for World War II. So really high up there. And then like the switch, the World War II plus the switch to defenseman just derailed his his offensive career. And he was also 12th all time in playoff points at uh, his departure for World War II. He doesn't qualify for any pregame requirements, obviously, but if when he departed for World War II, they were lowered to uh, so that he does. He was second all time in playoff assists per game behind only Bill Cowley. However, Bill Cowley was ahead by almost 0.1 assists per game. And he was eighth all time in playoff points per game. So this guy is a, uh, despite his total of 26 points in the NHL playoffs in his career, he was a playoff performer compared to his era. Of the uh, 74 skaters to play in at least 20 playoff games between 1935 and 1942, uh, he was 27th in goals, 36th in playoff goals per game, third in assists, fifth in assists per game, sixth in points, and 12th in points per game. So all of his, like, you know, success is coming from the assists. And so that helps explain why he was so high up on the leaderboards is because, of course, assists had only been tracked for like five years before he got like properly tracked uh, for since like five years before he got in the league. And the reason I said uh, only the first half of his playoff career is he had literally one playoff appearance after he returned from the war. Um. And he scored a single point. So really, there's no point in us talking about that. Hockey references adjustment for era. Uh, as as usual, likes these guy, older guys. It bumps him up to 77 points per 82 games, which is plus 30. So probably ridiculous, but not as ridiculous as Harry Oliver's adjustment for era. No versus X. He didn't score enough. And possibly didn't play long enough. I'm not sure. Uh, also, he was never traded. He played his entire career for the Rangers, if I didn't mention that already. So, his accomplishments. He was top five in heart voting once um, in uh, 1938 when he had 37 points in 45 games, which doesn't sound great. Um, the people who beat him were Eddie Shore, who won, Paul Thompson, who had uh, seven more points than Babe Siebert, a defenseman who had only 19 points but was a defenseman, and Gordy uh, Drillon or Drillon, uh, who had. 15 more points than uh, Colville uh, and, you know, was on at that point when he was just destroying the league as a goal scorer. And we talked about him a number of episodes ago. Um, he was a, uh, he has one second or sorry, two, my, uh, sorry, try that again. Three second team all-star appearances as a center. Uh, I believe they're all as a center. No, sorry, two is a center, one is a defenseman. The last one was the second last year. And he appeared in only one All-Star game because the All-Star game was invented in the 30s and wasn't a regular occurrence until, I think, the late 30s or maybe early 40s. He was a top 10 player by offensive point shares three times in 38, 39, and 40, all before he went to the war, which makes sense. He was top 10 in goals three times, top 10 in goals per game three times, top five in assists once, top five in assists per game once. Um... Top 10 in points four times, top five in points three and ones, top 10 twice. His best playoff performance came on the 37 Rangers when he was the probably the best player on that team. They did not win the cup. They came in second. They lost three to two 
so I guess a five-game series uh, to the Red Wings. And uh, Colville uh, led his team in points with six points in nine games. It was a low-scoring era. Um, and I decided for whatever reason that he was better than his goalie. I'm not really sure why I made that decision, so I should probably put a little question mark there in the notes because, I don't know, his goalie only allowed one goal a game, so it seems like maybe he wasn't the best player. Uh, he did lead the playoffs in assists and points um, on uh, – we must have tied for points um, – on the 40 Rangers who uh, who did win. Um, let me see who he tied with. He must have tied because I, I didn't say he was the best player, and I usually give the tiebreaker to goal scorers. So let me just see. 40. Um, yeah, he tied with uh, Phil Watson. Um, who had the same number of points, but had one more goal. So, but you could, you know, if we had ice time, we would have a better idea of who was the best player in that. Obviously they're both centers. So I have no idea. I don't know who was the first line. Who was the second line? I assume Colville was the first line, but honestly don't know. Um, and then, uh, he might've been the best, the best D by points on a, a Rangers team that made the playoffs in, uh, 48, but, got eliminated. However, you know, it's a silly thing to say because he's basically the only defenseman on the score. So that's why I have that there. It's silly. Uh, he also was probably the best player on an Allen cup champion in 43. Like many, many NHL players, he went to war, but then played hockey in Canada <laughs> instead of actually, instead of actually going to Europe, uh, which is great for all of their lives and their families. But it is kind of funny, the number of NHL players who were like drafted by Canada and then ended up just playing hockey in like, like they were in the air force or what? I don't know if Colby was in the air force or not, but it's it just good, good PR for the war effort, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. And he was probably the, sorry. It's like all the baseball players in World War Two. They're like, "Oh, yeah. you're going to sign up." Like most of most of them did not serve unless they were like, "I really want part of the action." Then they got called yeah. up, but they tried not to place them in harm's way. Yeah. So this guy, I I really I remember when I was doing the notes, I was like, "Really, this dude?" Like he had a couple good years. He stands out. The the area he stands out most is in play total playoff assists. Um. And per game assists. But the thing is, the thing that really benefits him is that assists, like the second assist didn't exist until 30 or something like that. And also I've, I've read that like the, the assist counting was quite dependent on the arena um, for quite a while. And I think that's actually honestly still, I've heard it's still a problem to this day, which seems crazy, but way less of one than it used to be. But otherwise, this is not a guy who looks to be much of a star. Like, he he finished top five in heart voting in a year where it's hard to really... I mean, let, if we look at the leaders in that year, the offensive leaders, you know, he's... Um, actually, I should look at his because he's not... They're only showing five players. So, let me see what... So, 38, right? That's what I said, 38. So in 38, um, he was ninth in goals. He didn't finish in the top 10 in assists and was ninth in points. And he somehow finished top five. And I assume that's because the Rangers did, you know, reasonably well. Um, the Rangers were the second best team in the league. 
So they probably he got probably got nominated because people thought there should be a ranger, and they were, um, they were an offensive machine. They were the second best offensive team in the league as well, and but they were also the second best defensive team. So you know you could probably have given it to a goalie. Anyway, I I don't know I don't know about you, Bill, but like his case isn't super impressive, and the, I think the the thing that you know perhaps stands out most about him aside from the playoff assists is uh, the fact that he switched positions when he came back. Yeah. But okay. Lots of players did that back then. It was a very common thing. It isn't now, but it was in the thirties and forties. I mean, to me, it's, it's really, you know, can you imagine someone who has one top five heart finish and three second team all-stars? Now, who you know, um, and and was only top ten, you know, in goals a few times and top five assists once, top ten points a few times. Can you imagine people making a case for that guy now? Like, nah, like not gonna happen, right? Yeah, yeah, they'd be like, he just wasn't good enough. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards that, but I don't know. It's really tough, right? It's like, yeah. Someone I'm not confused about at all is uh, Walter Broda, known as Turk for some reason. I don't think he was Turkish. <laughs> he doesn't strike me as particularly swarthy looking when I see a picture of him. Um, so I don't know, like, maybe it meant something else. He did have darkish hair, I guess. I don't know. He doesn't, like, he doesn't remotely <laughs> look Turkish. I don't think he... He's Ukrainian? <laughs> anyway, well, um, um, Terry Sachuk was known as the Uke. Yeah, because he was actually Ukrainian. Yeah, um, the t- Turk Broda, but the Hockey News ranked as number ten on their top one hundred goalies of all time. Well, there's a reason pretty, uh, we're, we're going to find out. Um, yeah, we haven't done our goalie episode yet, but I I can tell you firmly he is not going to be in my top ten. Um, just wait, Bill. Just wait until you start listening to this okay, stuff. Okay, all right, all right. Well, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just go off the top of my head and write it on the back of like a playing card with some peanut butter on it, and you'll, you'll <laughs> actually do the statistical analysis, and we'll see where we meet. Yeah. Um, so I did find out why he was nicknamed that. So he had wait. large upper body and short skinny legs, and his classmates oh. called him Turkey Legs. Oh, that makes way more sense. I thought it was something racial, so I'm glad it wasn't. Nope. Just he's got turkey legs. Cool. All right. Well, turkey legs, Broda. He <laughs> played for 14 seasons, 11 as a starter and one as a 1A. And he played from 36 to 43. And then, like Colville, he went to the war and then he came back in 45 and played to 52. When he retired, he was first all time in wins. He held that record from 1950 until 1958. He was second all time in losses, as you might be if you were first all time in wins at the time. He was first all-time in ties. He is currently 19th all-time in ties because ties stopped existing at one point. And he held the record for the most ties ever from 49 to 55. He was sixth all-time in shutouts at his retirement. He was first all-time in goalie point shares, and he held the record in goalie point shares from 1950 until 1956. He was first all-time in minutes at his retirement, and he held the record from 1950 until 1955. He was first all-time in games at his retirement. He held the record from 1950 to 1955. There's a pattern here. Um, he was 11th all-time in GAA at his retirement uh, with uh, a 2.53. Keep in mind that um, you know guys in the 
twenties had like GAAs in the in the ones. Um, of the eleven goalies to play in 164 games or two modern seasons between 36 and 52, he's first in wins by over 50. He's first or last in losses. He's first in ties by over 20. He's first or last in goals against because he played the most. He's fourth in GAA. He's first in shutouts by over 20. He's first in minutes by over 7,000. And he's first in games by 115 games. Whoa. This is out of players who have played at least 164 games. Um, His season average would be a 22-16-7 with four shutouts and 8.6 goalie point shares. His 82-game average would be 40-29-13, eight shutouts and a 15.7 goalie point share, which would be very, very high. But, of course, nobody plays a full season. Playoff-wise. He was first all-time in playoff wins at his retirement, and he almost had double the next guy. He, uh, he held the record from 47 until 1969, so 22 years he held the playoff win record. He is first all-time in playoff losses at his retirement because he played more than anyone else. Um, he was first all-time in playoff shutouts with only 13, but still first all-time, and he had 44% of the ne- uh, more than the next guy. Uh, and he held the record from 1950 until 1969, which is 19 seasons he held the playoff shutout record. See what I mean, Bill? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, he's first all-time in playoff minutes at his retirement by nearly 2,000 minutes. He held the record from 1943 until 1970. He had the playoff record uh, minutes record for 27 years. <laughs> Uh, and of course, as you would expect from anyone who's I've said all this about, he was first all time in playoff games played among goalies, and he was forty nine percent. He had forty nine percent more wins than the next person, uh, so almost fifty percent more. And he held the record for twenty five years from nineteen forty three until nineteen sixty eight. He is currently twentieth all time in wins, nineteenth all time in minutes, ninth all time in playoff shutouts, and seventeenth all time in wins. Uh, still to this day, despite having not played since 1952. Um, he was also uh, seventh all-time um, in uh, playoff GAA, but notably, none of the people ahead of him uh, played in the original six. They were all pre-original six goalies. So scoring was lower is the important caveat there. Um of the nine goalies to play in at least 20 playoff games between 1936 and 1952, Broda is first in wins by nearly double. He's first in losses. He's the only goalie to record a tie, and I honestly have no idea how he managed to record a playoff tie. There's got to be a story there. I think we talked about the other guy, like Roy Waters or somebody like that, I think was the other guy on in that game. I don't think we figured out why there was a tie. Anyway, uh, he was first or last in goals against because, of course, he played the most. He was third in GAA. Um, however, he had three and a half times as many goal, uh, games played as first place and over four times as many games played as second place. So, you know, he worked a lot more than everyone else. And so he's third in GAA, but like, it's like, yeah, you know, he, he played way more. So he had way more chance to let in goals. Um, and then he was first in shutouts by nearly double, first in minutes by nearly 2,000 minutes, and first in games by nearly 50% more. So, again, he just played more than everyone else. And there's a reason, of course, because he was on Leafs back when, um, you know, the Leafs were really, really good, as we're about to find out. Uh, so, um, 
Adjustment for error puts him at a 268 adjusted GAA, which is 22nd all time to this day. Uh, and then we can't do the other adjustments because the other adjustments require shots. And of course, he played up until like I think like if I'm not mistaken, team team records on the internet right now for shots go back to like 58 or something or 57. So he's like a few seasons before that happened when he retired. Um, and uh, he was traded just before his 22nd birthday by Detroit to Toronto for cash. In what when we did a blog of our uh, 25 best Maple Leafs trades of all time, uh, I ranked number one as the best Leafs trade of all time. And the reason is because the Red Wings uh, received $8,000 and no hockey players for Turk Broda, and it's before Broda played a game. Um, it was an actual trade, so he's playing for the minor league Detroit Olympics. Um, and uh, But his NHL rights were owned by the Red Wings. Um, and they had three goalies ahead of him in their depth chart, and that's why they traded him. Obviously, $8,000 was a lot of money in 36. Um, but uh, what Broda did for the uh, the Leafs is kind of bonkers, and the fact that they got him for 8000 bucks and didn't have to give up a player seems pretty impressive. So he was top five in... Uh, he was top five in heart voting once, um, which, because I don't know, the, the thing about, you know, the thing about heart voting with goalies is there's like periods where they get consideration and periods where they get less consideration. And I don't really know exactly what happened here, but like it's, it's also, he was just, as we'll see, he was more of a, uh, I guess he was a regular season performer too, never mind. Um, he, he won the Vezina twice in 41-48. Of course, it was the Jennings back then. He is on the NHL's 100th anniversary team, if anyone cares about that. He was a first-team All-Star only twice, uh, both years he won the Vezina, and he was a second-team All-Star only once. So it doesn't seem that impressive. Four All-Star game appearances. Same caveat as Neil Colville. He just, you know, the All-Star game was new. He led the league in wins twice. He was top five 11 times, though which is tied for the fourth, fourth most all-time behind only Terry Sartrek, Martin Brodeur, and Glenn Hall. Notably, of course, he was playing in a um, six-team league for half his career, so it, that helps. He was also top 10 13 times, which is tied the 10th most all-time. He led the league in ties twice. I'm not sure we care, but anyway, he was top 5 10 times, which is tied the third most behind Sartrek and Hall, and top 10 13 times, which is sixth most all-time. It's ties. Who cares? He was top five in goals against nine times, uh, fifth most all-time behind um, Harry Lumley, John Ross Roach, Terry Sawchuk, and Glenn Hall. And he was top 10 14 times, which is third most all-time between uh, behind only Sawchuk and Lumley. That just means he got, you know, he played a lot and he got shelled, but so it really doesn't help us that much. But, you know, it does suggest he, he worked a lot. He led the league in GAA twice, which is the ninth most all-time. He was top five 11 times, which is tied third all-time behind uh, Glenn Hall and, and Jacques Plant. Keep in mind, six-team league for half of his career. He was top 10 12 times. He had a two GAA and under once. He had a 225 and under four times, which is tied 22nd all-time. And he had a 2.5 and under seven times, which is tied 23rd all-time. He led the league in shutouts twice. He was top five a remarkable 11 times, which is fifth all-time between Sachuk, Plant, Hall, and Lumley. 16 league caveat. Uh, he was top 10 12 times. 
He had five shutouts eight times, and he's one of only 10 goalies ever to do that. He led the league in minutes five times, which is fifth most all-time behind only Brodeur, Hall, uh, Tony Esposito, and Clint Benedict. He was top five 11 times, which is tied fifth most all-time behind Harry Lumley, Terry Sajak, Glenn Hall, and Martin Brodeur. And he was top 10 14 times in minutes, fourth most all-time behind only Sajak, Lumley, Hall, and Roach. He led the league in games played eight times, which is tied fifth most behind Roach. George Hainsworth, Clint Benedict, and Tiny Thompson, all notably contemporaries. So I guess it was a thing uh, to play, you know, the full season uh, back then, which makes sense. It was top five 11 times, which is tied fourth most all-time behind Broder, Lumley, and Sajak. And he was top 10 14 times behind only Sajak, Lumley, and Hall. Uh, and he played too early for us to adjust his peak. So, uh, at least in that sense, he's... You know, by some of those metrics, he's a top five or top ten goalie ever. But where the case really comes in for him being one of the greatest goalies of all time is the playoffs. So, uh, the Leafs, the Leafs were good in the 40s. Um, Dirk Broda was the best player on the 49 Leafs who won the championship. He led the playoffs in wins, GAA, and shutouts, and he played every single game. He was probably the best player the year before on the 48 Leafs when he led the playoffs in wins, GAA, and shutouts and played every single game. He might have been the best player on the 40 Leafs who didn't win the championship. Uh, he led the playoffs in losses. He played every game, but they didn't score that much. Um, he was probably the best player on the Leafs in 50 who didn't advance out of the first round. He led the playoffs in GAA somehow and shutouts somehow, even though it was, you know, they got eliminated. Um, in 51, they won the championship, and he only led the playoffs in wins, GA, and shutouts. He didn't play every game. Uh, he led the playoffs in games, wins, losses, shutouts, and minutes, and played every game on the 42 Leafs. Uh, that is the team that had the famous comeback from 3 nothing to win. Um, and he led the playoffs in games, wins, goals against, and shutouts, and played every game on the 47 Leafs, who won. Um, and he led the playoffs and losses, goals against, and shutouts, and played every game on the 39 Leafs who didn't win. And also, he led the playoffs and losses, played every game on the 38 Leafs who didn't win. Uh, in total, he won uh, five Stanley Cups, and he did so um, between 41 and 51. And he won four of those between 46 and 51. So three in a row, 47, 48, and 49. They got eliminated in one round in 50, and then they came back and won again in 51. And he was playing almost every minute. Uh, there's only one, I think, one of those years that he didn't, that he had a backup at all. And, of course, there's the famous 3 nothing comeback. Um, he just, you know, he, he, like, he led the playoffs four years in a row in GA and shutouts. Oh, sorry, he led the playoffs in shutouts five years in a row. Sorry. He was he was a big game goalie. He was the big game goalie of the late 40s. Um, I think it's safe to say, to put it mildly. Also, Wikipedia claimed he won the 1933 Memorial Cup, but I couldn't find proof of him being on the roster, so I have no idea if he did or not. So if anyone knows, let us know. But yeah, he was pretty good. Really good. <laughs> yeah, really, not really good. That the statistical barrage. Yeah. <laughs> It's one I of mean, those things, right? Like, you know, I like it's a hockey name that I recognized immediately. Yeah. And sometimes with old 
players like that, you don't realize quite how great they were and why that name still like is bouncing around as almost a century later. Yeah. I mean, I would love to, to know the save percentages to see if like the GAA really is that, but like leading the playoffs in GAA four years in a row, I don't know how many people have done that and shutouts five years in a row is like, that's crazy. Like it's just every year they were just like in the playoffs and even, even those team loss <laughs> one year, he was still amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, it just seems like he was just like, he was good in the regular season and then the playoffs came around, especially once the, once he came back from world war two, because he won one cup before world war two and then he won four after. And he was just like, you know, he was just money. And yeah. I mean, and he's like, I think it's it's fairly clear he's the greatest goalie in Leafs history. Yeah. Like it's not much. I mean, I understand Johnny Bauer has a pretty impressive track record. Oh, I thought you were going to say Felix Blatt. <laughs> I would love to say Felix Blatt, man. <laughs> you know what? I really like Felix Blatt, man. That, would, that, that wasn't, that shouldn't have been a dig. It's just he, he you know, yeah. he had a, a sort of a shining moment in the sun for about three years where he was like amazing. Yeah, and and Leafs fans have never forgotten and and overrated like crazy, and I would love to say Cujo as well, but I think I think Broda like it's Broda or uh, Bauer, yeah, and Bauer. I'm, I mean Bauer's resume was far more impressive than I remember, and also Bauer was playing into his forties, and his age makes no sense. It's crazy, and no one really knew his age, um, but <laughs> Broda's like. Broda's, uh, you know, uh, five cups in a decade and four cups in, in five years is crazy. Yeah. Um, and like also being the goalie behind the team that came back down, uh, you know, the 42 Leafs. Um, that's his first cup, actually, is the comeback cup. Wow. Um, yeah. I should look at the game logs, um, schedule and results just to see what happened here. Because I don't, you know, obviously I was, my parents weren't even alive. Um, so they lost 3-2, 4-2, Not great. 5-2, not great. They won 4-3, 9-3, and then 3-0 and 3-1. So the last two games he led in one goal after having a pretty rough you know, three goals, four goals, five goals, three goals, three goals. So he had like a quite rough beginning. Um, and then he shut them out and then he, you know, one goal in the last two games. And that was his first, that was his first cup. And then it was later that he really turned into, you know, the best playoff goalie in the league for half a decade. Um, yeah. Anyway. Like you said, you hear a name. Yeah. It's famous in Toronto, but like he played so long ago, nobody knows anything about him. Um, except for the fact that he was on those, you know, the great and, you know, the uh, Silaps. Was it Silaps or Teddy Kennedy? What, I think Teddy Kennedy. Anyway, um, teams. And uh, yeah, I mean, just you, like he's one of those guys you go and you look at his hockey reference page and there is a lot of black ink. Like mm-hmm. just a lot of it. And uh, and then you look at the playoffs, and there's a lot of black ink in the playoffs too. Especially once he comes back from World War II. When before he goes to World War II, it's not. I don't know what happened to him in World War II, but like he comes back and he's 
he's the man. Yeah. Um, much more so than he was before he left, even though he did win one Vesna before he, before he left. Anyway, absolute no doubter. Uh, and I don't know, Bill, but like maybe not top ten all time, but like worthy yeah, of consideration. He's in the conversation, though. For yeah, sure. he's clearly in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's too bad we don't have save percentage and and my favorite. You, you, were, you were very right to not to uh, ah ah not so fast. Not <laughs> uh, it's that, only because I had already done on. this, right? <laughs> it's only because when I was doing the notes, I was like, "Holy shit, man! This guy was good." Like I knew he was good because I'd heard his name, but I didn't know he was like four cups in five years good. Yeah. <laughs> and and not just like the goalie, but like you know, leading the playoffs in gold in GAA and shutouts every year that they're winning. It's like it's one thing to just be the goalie. It's another thing to actually have a bit of a statistical case that you're the best player too. All right, so obviously Turf Rota belongs, but does Harry Oliver belong, the WCHL star? <sighs> yeah, that's that's the response to. <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to think. I feel like maybe his pre-war case is better than his post. Oh, that's that's Colville. Sorry. Right. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, this I'm is the WCHL back. guy. Oh, okay, okay. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not super convinced. I'm not okay. like, persuaded that he should be in. Um Yeah, he's like one of those guys where like if he if he gets in knowing that we have Kevin Lowen and maybe 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 even Mike Gardner. Um but like I would say even I think Gardner's case might be better than his, so like he um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not thrilled with him being in. I'm. I think I'm okay with it only because he was such a star player in the WCHL and because he led the playoffs in points one year in the NHL. But I, I, he's very fringe, and I could be persuaded either direction. Probably more likely out. But like, I feel like his case is better than Colville's, which is like, yeah. what's his, what's Colville's case? Like, yeah. he was a good, he was a good Ranger. Like, okay. The Rangers, yeah, he was on. He was on the the last Ranger Cup for fifty years. Okay, he. he to, to to be fair, most Rangers that are in the hall are in because they're a good Ranger. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they haven't been good for most of their history. So. Yeah, like he just like he was among the better. Like he was a top ten offensive player, or or even better if you go per game as a center and then he comes back as a defenseman and he's just a dude as a defenseman it's it, statistically it's, it's weird it's weird like sort of because there were so few teams back then right if you were yeah. considered the best player or one of the two best players on your team over like a decade like you're gonna get a lot of people wanting you in the hall because you were yeah. the best they had in yeah that stretch doesn't matter if the rest of your team was terrible yeah you were the best player on your team, and it's those kind of guys get pushes for the hall, whether or not their statistical case kind of backs them up. Right now in the league, now you can be the best player on your team for a decade, but if your team's terrible and you're like you're a really good player on an average meh team, like you might not get in because there are otherwise every decade we're inducting thirty two guys, and it's like I don't think that's going to happen. 
How, although but, they, they're letting in a lot of people, so maybe. But. Yeah, but there's something else about that too, which is that like at this point we have like at least three guys from the uh, the forty Rangers. Yeah, well, it's good. They were, you know, they they won that last cup for them. Yeah, then, yeah. So. I'm gonna uh, actually I'm gonna pull them up because I'm curious how many people from that team are in because I actually years ago I. I wrote a, a blog post trying to figure out if the hall was like unnecessarily biased towards the last cup winning team of the original six. And I, I, I couldn't conclusively say it felt like it in some cases. And it felt like it was arbitrary, like 67 Leafs for sure. And some other teams for sure, but other, other ones, not so much, but these guys have one, two, three, only five, only five guys are in the hall of fame. That's not that bad. Hextall, who we talked about recently, Colville, Patrick, who we talked about a while ago, Clint Smith, who we have not talked about, Babe Pratt, and Art Coulter. Um, so that's not egregious, but like I don't, I'm not convinced Colville belongs. And honestly, if I click on Clint Smith's, uh, I think we'll have a similar. Whenever we get to Clint Smith, I think we're gonna have a similar conversation. He actually appears to have slightly better numbers than Colville does, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just I, I think it has to be no unless someone can explain. Like maybe he was a really good defensive player because yeah. he did switch to D, but like I, mean, I don't know. Well, like the, the ability to go from playing center to being able to play defense is yeah, you know, that's something. But, but I don't know if it's but you can be like if when I'm doing the like when I'm doing the like offensive rankings of defensemen from this era, I have to put asterisks all over the damn place because half the guys switched from forward to D or the other direction. It was a normal thing to do back then. And as much as it we regarded as a skill, and it should be regarded as a skill, it was not uncommon, you know? Like, I feel like every franchise back then had at least one dude who switched, you know, for half his career. You know, whether it's uh, Dick Clapper or later on Doug Moans or... um Babe Siebert or um, Colville or later Red Kelly or um, well, there's lots of guys, some guys whose names I can't think of right now, but there's a lot of them um, yeah. starting in the 20s and going through the the 60s. Anyway, I think I'm going to be a no on Neil Colville. I just, unless somebody yeah. thinks he's a good defensive player, I, I just don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I'm much warmer on Harry Oliver. Um, yeah. I think I'm still but, a no on him, but like not but by a That's lot. fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is he wasn't, you know, he's a top five WCHL player. Maybe I'm being too generous. I don't know. And his, it's his tough, NHL it's never. Tough without, knowing, tough without knowing how great the league was, right? It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. All right. Well, that's it for us this episode. Uh, yeah. Very, very obvious one and two other not, not very obvious ones. um yeah and so we will see you again soon for either the class of 66 or maybe we always threaten to do one of our all-time lists and then never do um probably the class of 66 yeah you never know you never know we could surprise you all right so uh thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time